You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. This week on the show, we're going to be starting off with a Brisbane Broncos preview, and we're going to be catching up with Broncos assistant coach, Terry Madison. Before we do that, make sure you're following us across all the different social medias. On uh, Instagram and Facebook, you'll find us at Talking League Pod or Talking League One on Twitter. Make sure you're part of the show as well. Simply call our fantasy hotline on 0284057947 or check it all out at www.talkingleaguepod.com for all the info. But boys, let's rip in to a chat first. Let's welcome to the show, Corbs. Corby, welcome, bud. Thank you. How are we? Thanks for having me again. Doing good. Andy, welcome, bud. How you going, CK? Josh, how are you, mate? Hopefully, Good to see you Andy. Again. Good, thank you. Hopefully, no jokes from Andy. But boys, <laughs> let's let's have a little listen to my catch up with Terry, and then we'll break it down from there. Welcome to the podcast, Terry Madison. Terry, welcome, buddy. Cheers, mate. That's uh, yeah, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was a little bit, but I was just watching a little bit of highlights over the last couple of days, and your playing style was brilliant because it's kind of coming back in with kind of the guys like Victor Radley and Isaiah Yo, but that kind of ball playing, splitting up the halves, and at the same time, you're a goal kicker, mate. So you're a little bit, maybe you were even before your time, or you're setting the trend. Maybe they're watching your highlights, mate. Oh, I think uh, you're right, actually, because the, the 13 has sort of changed over the years to be another front rower, basically, and uh, you know, guys back in those days, uh, Jimmy Dimmick and Nick Kosef, um, who else was there, ball playing forwards. Oh, Twira uh, Nickow, he was in there as well. Oh, yeah, T, T, he was, he, he was really good. So being able to be a runner and a ball player, I think, is, uh, you know, it's certainly come back in. The guys like Murray and, and as you said, Victor Radley, uh, Johnny Asiata's one. Yeah, you guys picked him up too. Got on board the Broncos and just adds another... Another element. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, mate, congratulations being back at the Broncos. I know everyone's pretty pleased to, to get you back there, but how did the role all come about? Uh, well, the moment Kevy got the job, um, there's probably always going to be a good chance because uh, we go a fair way back with the years that we played together and we've sort of kept in touch. Uh, when he was coaching Catalans, I was coaching Castleford. Yep. And, um, you know, I think... It, if any of us, either of us got a head coaching job, I think, um, and the other one was you know, looking to be an assistant yep. um, and wasn't a head coach at the time, I think. Uh, we were always pretty keen to work together, so um, that's how that came about. Yeah, now you're an assistant with uh, Johnny Cartwright as well, and I know that you guys always split up roles and responsibilities. What's what's your responsibilities at the moment at the Bronx? Uh, we are covering all areas together, but I'll be... Probably more focused on the attacking side, but you know, in this day and age, we we all help each other and we look uh, at both ends of the spectrum. So um, and and they working well together. If you if you're not uh, attacking well and finishing your sets well, it makes it hard to defend and and, and vice versa. If you're not defending well, uh, you're not getting a lot of good balls. So um, it's important that we cover all areas. But yeah, my focus will be on attack. Yeah, nice one. Now, last year because the year before you lost. The Broncos lost Matt Gillett and also Andrew McCulloch went on alone with, with Newcastle. And it did kind of seem that there was a lack of kind of older heads, maybe a little bit of leadership as well. But, of course, McCulloch comes back. You've signed some older heads in Dale Copley, David Mead, 
Albert Kelly's on a train and trial as well. Have you kind of noticed already a little bit how the effect of the older heads are kind of having in the younger blokes? Oh, I think it's important that you've got to get that mix right. And, um, you know, going back to our our days at the Broncos, I think early on probably the mix wasn't right. But um, you've got to have those young kids coming through. You've got to have the, the guys that have played 80 to 100 first-grade games. And then you've got to you have your quality senior players who have you know, played 150-plus games. And uh, obviously with um, the roster last year, um, you know, whether it was by accident or, or, you know, injuries and circumstance, that wasn't the case. So, you know, to have someone like Macca back is great. Mm. Uh, you're right with David Mead uh, coming back and, and Dale Copley. Uh, we have got a very young back line. So, um, yeah, I think it's important that we uh, that we did get a couple of senior players back. Yeah. Is, is Macca any chance for round one or is, that, is the knee still a few weeks away? That was his hamstring. No, he's right. He's good to go, mate. He's training 100% now. Is he? So okay. He'll be right. Yeah, he'll be right for the start. Nice one. Now, mate, you mentioned young blokes and the old blokes mix. One guy I've got to ask you about because he looks like an absolute specimen, and that's that's Jordan Ricky. Can you tell us a little bit about how he's going in the off-season? Yeah, he's, he's doing really well. He's I had a bit to do with him a couple of years ago when I um, – uh, when I left the Titans, or when, when, when that ended, should I say, after Neil Henry got the sack, <laughs> yeah. I was off contract, so they didn't renew that. Um, I did a little bit of work with, uh, Wayne got me to do some work with about a dozen young kids from the Broncos, where I'd look at their videos, and then um, come in on a Monday and, uh, and show them the video, you know, what they're doing well and what they can do to improve, and Jordan was one of those. And yep. He was a very, uh, very raw at the time, probably still a little bit raw now, but um, yeah, he, he was a lot of power, a lot of speed, uh, very strong, but um, as I said, very raw in a lot of the basic areas of the game, but I've seen a lot of improvement in him and he's, he's training really well at the moment. We've obviously got got a position there with, uh, with, with Fafita leaving, so uh, he'll be one of those guys behind for that. Yeah, nice one. Who, who else do you see kind of – because that edge is kind of very open depending on what you guys want to do with Pangai Jr. And, of course, Alex Glenn comes back. He missed a lot of last year as well. Are they the three main guys that you're kind of focusing on for that edge area? Um, there's, there's, uh, there's a young guy called Keenan uh, Palisaya. Okay. Should I say? He hasn't debuted yet, but he's been impressive in the off-season. So, um, and there's Corey Oates who um, looks – he's trying to make a move into the forwards as well. So – um, at, at the moment, uh, and with what happened last year, and we're, and we're coming in fresh, mm. um, all positions are open. So, um, But those five or six guys that, that we just spoke about, it's, it's probably going to be out of those guys. Yeah. Now, if you do go kind of full strength from round one, you know, the middle position is one of your strengths, especially if you do get Matt Lodge back. You've got Thomas Flegler coming back from injury as well. I did not mention. I did hear that uh, Kevy was considering maybe dropping the minutes of both Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan, who they played nearly 80 minutes each last year in the middle. Is that is that what you kind of see happening, that their minutes are going to drop back a little bit? Oh, they won't be playing 80. I'm pretty confident uh, that won't be the case. But um, So, you know, as you said, with the quality of the people we have in the mids, I can't see the reason why they need to be playing 80. So mm. uh, we've got to use up that bench. It's going to be a strong bench. And... Um, Again, I think more around the 50 to 60-minute mark for, for both of those guys would be more in keeping with what, what happens. I don't think we need to have a middle plane 80 minutes these days. Every now and again, maybe, but not consistently. 
Nice. Now, mate, Anthony Milford's another one that, that didn't get a lot of football last year and a little bit inconsistent with his play. How, how's he been trending in the offseason? Uh, well, he, he started with a hamstring injury, so I think that was frustrating for him and us as well. And uh, But he's back into full training now, so uh, we're doing a lot more team-opposed stuff. And um, he's a real key to us, there's no doubt about that. Um, but no, I think getting him on the field is the key to make sure that, one, his body's right and he's physically right to be able to play 80 minutes uh, at a level that, that Anthony's capable of. And we know what level he's capable of, and that's a pretty high level. So he's uh, one of our uh, more important players in the team. So, uh, as I said, it's important we get his body right first. Yeah, and final question just on the, the pre-season stuff. Just for the fans out there and everyone listening, is there is there anyone, any young blokes that's, that's really caught your eye that we haven't mentioned yet? Um, I think there's a, there's a, you know, Xavier Coach played Origin footy this year and uh, he's got some real strengths in his game, but I think we've just got to remember he's a young guy that's still only 19 years of age and uh, he's got a, a few things to learn about the game, but uh, just enthusiasm um, and he's willing to do the extras before and after training has been impressive. And um, I've been impressed with the attitude of young Tommy Dearden okay. um, and, and uh, you know, that's all we can take it on at the moment is their attitude, and uh, those two guys have been pretty impressive. All right, boys, nice little catch-up there with Terry Madison, but let's start with the big dogs. Josh, you've had these two blokes. You both you love them. Haas and Carrigan, you did, you did a nice little piece on them this week on, uh, on the social media as well, but in terms of classic mode, they're looking very, very expensive. So talk, talk me through kind of we've, we've just heard that they're probably going to lose some minutes. Oh, are they locks? How are you, you feeling about the two boys? Well, originally when you're hearing all these reports, and I mean, Madison's just confirmed that, that they are going to get less minutes. I was off Hassan. I wasn't even looking at him as a round one pick in draft. I probably won't be going near either of them in classic just because of the price. I think with the reduced minutes, their price will come down. Yep. And then you might be able to grab them after a four or five rounds. Um We'll wait for that first team list Tuesday. But just in terms of the reduced minutes, Haas in 2020, the, the game's played over 50 or under 70. So that's, you know, average of that 25-minute break, 20-to-15-minute break on the sideline. Hmm. He still scored an average of 67, which still had him sitting in the third of, of the averages for the year behind McInnes and Cleary. So he really doesn't lose too much with that rest. It might actually help him a little bit uh, with because he's an explosive player. So he's still well and truly up there for my first pick after looking at that. Oh, yeah. Um, Remember that stat I told you the other day, the only player to hit 50 points yeah. in the whole season. Even McGuinness, he had that last that game when he hit a 40. But apart from him, he was the next best. But Payne brings it every time. He's a beast, mate. Even though he got arrested, like bring back the pain. Yeah, so I think he, he'll still be up there in that top five pick for draft. Uh, mm. Carrigan, he gets hurt a little bit more. So his average drops down uh, from 60 down to 55. So he loses five with that extra time. But that still puts him down with that Jake Trebojevic, uh sort of ranking. Mm. Uh, but he's priced 61Ks cheaper. Yeah. So, you know what, Josh? I'm a little bit scared for Carrigan. I just got a, I got a gut feel like Andy. <laughs> oh, no, 
Now, I got a little bit of inside work. I reckon TPJ might be starting at lock. Andy, you've had him for the last couple of years. Do you like – give me a projection for TPJ. A couple hundred grand lower than the boys. He had a turbulent last year. He does have a lot of value with his dual position, but how do you like him? I like him more better than last year. I think he'll outscore his 55 average. Mm. Purely because he, I don't think he's going to play from. I don't think he'll be either be on the edge, mm. second row, or like you said, lock. So, uh, him, <clears throat> if he clears his suspensions and clears his head, which I think maybe Kevy will bring that sort of calmness in out of him. Yep. Hopefully, <laughs> but I'll be picking him above Carrigan. Don't know if I will pick him above Hass though. Yeah. Does in the first episode I mentioned Jordan Ricky and his suspension. Now. Same thing with TPJ. Are you worried about him and his judiciary record? Yeah, he did. That's what he did Burmy last year with a couple of games. But look, when you've got a player that can score 55 plus and it's just his offloads and tackle breaks, like he's just a unit. So, um, How good was that game when he tortured Tamulolo? Remember a couple of years ago oh, on that Friday night? Oh, killed him. Boys, we're killing it right now. I'm going to give us a <laughs> killing it, killing it. All right, boys. On this list, because for a team that finished so low, they've got some really good fantasy players. But in terms of value, and I kind of want to kick this off because I'm liking both Milford and Azarko. Now, both of these boys, before COVID, when Brisbane were first on the comp, I don't even know how this happened, but both of them averaged 50. What? 50 plus, both of them in the first two Is games. the same Azarko from... Yes, <laughs> from- but Azarko, in his defence... He's, his father passed away last year. He had a lot of things off the field. He actually got put in quarantine for a long, long time because it was over in New Zealand. So in terms of his off-field stuff, he's been through a lot for a young bloke. But just having a look at what he's done in the past, like 2019, he was a winger only, averaged 28.8. 2018, he averaged 36, but as a fullback, he averaged 42. He's a goal kicker. Like I said, pre-COVID, his average was, to be exact, 48. I'm liking Jermaine Azarko at 399k. Any Corbs, you liking him at all? Yeah, they were the two games they won, though. How many games are they going to win? Mate, so I, the full- I think they're going to do better than people think. Yeah, if, if they get the wins on the board and he's playing in fullback, surely another year of experience under the belt, he should be getting some better stats. But Is he not- yeah, I'm wary. Is he not injured pre-season? Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, he did. A, I think he did a calf, but they, they reckon he's going to be riding in a couple of weeks. But, boys, the other one, Anthony Milford's coming in at pretty much his lowest in the last five years. 427Ks opened up at. Now, 31 for his 13 games last year. It was a disaster. But, you know, we talked about Matt Moylan in that first thing, and we gave a bit of stick to, to Corbs. But why I think he's a better pick than Moylan is just based on what he's produced in the past. Andy, are you going to support me here? I think I will. Uh, for once, I'll jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> uh, he has that sort of stigma where you you just think he's going to produce. So, like, you always pick him. Josh had him last year. He's like, I'll pick him because he might have, he had a gut feel. It was terrible. But it I was think, a bad gut feel. <laughs> I think he had a stomachache at the time. <laughs> he was a third-round pick. <laughs> was he a third-round pick? Yeah, he was a third-round pick, and he hurt me. But with Tommy Dearden getting touted, he's trained the house down. Yeah. Love that quote. Love it. Uh, I think uh, he might bring the best out of Milford, take the pressure off him and get back to that running sort of play he loves so much. Mate, so. Josh, are you going to have another crack at Milford? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's round well one. Down, round he's one. well down the list for me. I reckon you I might. Remember I'll take too, a pun on him on round five or six in our draft. You've got to remember, he had um, big Dave Fafita outside him, which 
you would love having a back row like that outside you to take a bit of pressure off. So mate, you know who's going to have this year? Jordan Ricky. Oh, oh he's coming, mate. Wait, where's that button? Where's the no? Do no, I get? No. Do I get one? <laughs> you get the no. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Did you just know me? Even though I'm the button guy. <laughs> yeah, this is the first. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let's spice it up, boys. That's my saying. I like to spice it up, but this is our rookie watch. Now, before I ask you a couple of questions, this guy that. Terry Madison actually mentioned Keenan Palacia. Did a little bit of research. 2019, he made his actual debut. I'm not sure if Maddo actually knew about that, but he made his debut. Yeah, he had two games. I saw that as well. He's a man in mountain, 192 centimetres tall. What's that about? How tall are you, Andy? 188, 6 foot 1, so maybe 6'2". 6'2", 6'3", you know, 110 kilos. He's 23 years old. He scored nine points in 27 minutes, but looking at – Anything I've found so far, he he looks the he looks strong, and Maddo's talking him up, so he could be a smoke. He's last on the list. It was like two hundred and twenty grand or something. So. Oh, look, you want those sort of cheapies as well when you're playing classics. So if mm. he does get the nod, mate, he'll make some cash easy. So yeah. Now the other one that's been reported, I didn't get a chance to ask about Tessie New, but he's kind of making a lot of headlines at the moment. He's trading at centre. We don't have any data on him at centre. Josh, did you, did you track him last year at all? No, I. He came up on the radar just as a cheapie to get in because I thought he was going to come in and get some stats just to make some money. But the big thing that hurts me that's turned me off in this year is he's only in the winger fullback position. Now, if he plays centre for the first few rounds, you'd think of that round six mark, he'll get the dual centre. Mm. But, um, yeah, that would be just a pick him and planning for the future. But I don't know if he's got the stats to actually pick and just take up a spot on your bench, so... I'm not really looking Not at a him. keeper. What about yourself, Andy? I'll take a chance on him. I think towards the end of the season, he was sort of finding his feet a bit. Um, obviously, his first start was a little bit nervy, mm. just like I was last podcast. <laughs> but so, he's, he's, he got uh, seven to tackle breaks in his last game, and he's I think he's just fighting a bit of form. If he's starting at centre, well, I think Katoni Stagg's out for a bit, so if he can sort of hold that spot his own. And- he's a nugget, 177 <laughs> centimetres for 90 kilos. He could be the next Conrad Harrell. Like, <laughs> he's only 19. He could be 100 kilos next year. I've seen Conrad Harrell dance. Can he dance that good? Oh, I don't know. I hope he can. How good was his post-try celebrations? That was the best. But, boys, back me up. Jordan Ricky, 344K. Nah. He's going to start and he's going to destroy you both. When? Where does he start? Just curious. Round one. Who? Who for? He's going to play on the right edge. You heard Matto. Oh, so you reckon you reckon TPJ Locke, you reckon Alex Glenn and left edge and Jordan Ricky, right? And I reckon either Lodge or Flegler might start in the front row. They might go big. What do you, you know reckon? What scares Joshy? me. What the the number of times Matto said he's still a bit raw. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that tells me he's not. He may get interchange like the bench, but. He's not seen any starting time for a while. For 344K, I'd still pick him up, put him on his emergency. I think that's – he's going to get a start at some point. You you pick him in draft? Yeah. What round are you picking him? Ooh, I'd probably pick him maybe round 11 or 12 towards the back end. Where you pick I'm not taking, I'm not taking a, a rookie in my first top no. eight. Not a chance. But You want starters. Mate, I'm telling you, Jordan Ricky, I'm giving myself a – <laughs> because he, he did get 50 in his one game at second row he's, he'll yeah. be good his one game he just, got 50 twice again Madison I think he said about four times still a bit raw yeah and he did mate matter has been doing the film work with him mate he's ready to go yeah, yeah. I just don't think I don't think enough that uh, TPJ will uh, start even though, <laughs> even though Madison probably said maybe I don't know 
We'll see. All right, guys. Really, we, we hope you got something out of that. Next preview will be with St. George Lawara. We had Maddie Elliott on the program, but we're also catching up with Craig Fitzgibbon, Justin Morgan, Jamal Fogarty, Chatty Townsend. There's going to be heaps of guys that come on before the start of the season. Give us a bit of insights because we don't like gut feels. But, boys, <laughs> boys, again, thank you for joining me and really looking forward to catching up with you again in the next episode. Josh, see ya. Andy. Hey, boys. Thank, thank you. you, TK. Thank you, Josh. Boom. It's over.